The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. A new book entitled Why Can't I See My GP looks at why general practice in the NHS has reached a crisis point. It features testimonials from GPs and the book asks how did they get there and what can be done to make things better for everybody who inevitably will need the services of a GP. Is it possible that the problem here will become as acute as it is in the NHS? Well, joining me to talk about her book is NHS GP Dr Ellen Welch. Ellen, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for having me on. Now, I want to read uh, the just a little bit of the foreword by Dr. Amir Khan, and it goes as follows. General practice is not the place it was when I first joined the profession almost 15 years ago. I used to enjoy going to work and seeing my patients. I rarely get that feeling now. It is in crisis. There's not a day that goes by without a story in the papers or online about people struggling to see their GPs. It's not because we as GPs are lazy fat cats hiding at home. It's because no matter how many patients we see, phone or consult with online, it will never be enough to keep with demand. Despite the barrage of abuse we take from the media, we continue to go to work each day and try to do our best by our patients. There's a constant feeling of being on the back foot and daily firefighting. But more than that, we know that because of the lack of investment in primary care over the years, there is a cohort of people out there who need to be seen and we simply do not have the capacity. As a result, somebody's serious health diagnosis is likely to be delayed or worse, missed. This is an agonising thought. That kind of encapsulates it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, for sure. And I think the tipping point for me, that one of the reasons I wrote this book, was because in the pandemic, GPs were being vilified in the media. I think the headlines were frequently contradicting what we knew to be the day-to-day reality of the job. Um, GPs, I think the propaganda of the pandemic were GPs are closed. However, we weren't closed. We we were we moved to online and remote consultations, but we also set up hot hubs so that we could enable ongoing face-to-face contact. We delivered the, the vaccination. We had inadequate PPE. GPs were dying. GPs were working harder than ever, but people were saying we were closed. So that's why I wrote the book, really. Yeah. And now in the post-pandemic era, obviously a lot of people had stored up their ailments, you know, not life-threatening ailments, mm-hmm. but ailments nonetheless that needed treatment. So you sure. have people looking for a consultation mm-hmm. and I, I presume like in Ireland, you might be allocating, you know, 10 minutes uh, or 15 minutes. In other words, you'll see perhaps four, if you're lucky, five patients in an hour. Um, but you can't deal with five or six ailments in a 10-minute consultation. Well, no, and that is the problem. People are people are waiting for secondary care operations. We've got seven million people on waiting lists, and when they they're waiting for the operations, they're getting slowly worse, and they come back and see the GPs for things like sick notes, painkillers, problems that are getting worse. And you're right; it's it, we're dealing with more problems in one consultation, and the demand is is ever growing. Now, do you find that many people are are diverting from you to uh, A&E departments or vice versa? Instead of going to A&E, they go to you. Well, I think the problem is the message in the media is we we are closed. So I think there are a lot of people who who don't even try to get a GP appointment and they just do head straight to A&E because they, they they believe in the message. GPs are busier than they've been pre-pandemic. So I understand we're delivering 1.3 million appointments a day in general practice in England. A&E see 2 million people a month, but we're seeing the same amount of people in a day. So the demand is is huge everywhere. Mm. And despite that, we've got less funding, less staff. 
but the demand is just is rocketing. Yeah. You know that expression, physician heal thyself. Well, of course, you're not supposed <laughs> to heal thyself. You're not supposed to prescribe, for example, if you're a bit stressed out, a little bit of diazepam um, written on your own notepad. That does not go no. down. So um, if you're, you therefore have to have a GP yourself and you as a GP had difficulty getting an appointment with your GP. Yes, I did. And the system's different everywhere. I think different practices work differently. And I think the frustration is trying to get through on the phone lines. However, what a lot of practices are doing now is that they've moved to online access so people can do it without waiting in a queue for half an hour. They can write in their problem online and then everything gets triaged by a GP. So people do get seen a little bit quicker than than they perhaps used to. So you would uh, hear the symptoms as outlined by Mrs. Smith uh, online and you'd say, well, that's, uh, you know, that ingrowing toenail is not going to kill her. Um, we'll give her an appointment in three weeks time. But then someone has a dodgy rash uh, in a child. I want to see that well, child now. So exactly. So a lot of GPs are now triaging every contact with the surgery so that it is a, a doctor who is triaging it rather than perhaps a receptionist. And then they can signpost people to the appropriate place for care. So something might be more appropriate for pharmacy something might need a and um, There's obviously lots of face-to-face appointments on the day. And what we're delivering now is more face-to-face, more same-day appointments. We're still doing home visits, telephone appointments. We're doing more of, of everything. Um, and people can get seen if they try and make the access. It's just a different system now. And yes. But there are people who just don't have a GP. Well, yes, this is another thing. GP practices are closing and I think there's been a thousand GP practices closed since 2015. And yeah, general practice is different in different parts of the country. So the services in London are very different to the services in rural Cumbria, where where I am. And one of the things that that I'm a member of the Doctors' Association and the Doctors' Association is sending a copy of my book to every UK MP. And one of the things we're urging them to do is to go and visit their local practices and find out what the issues are locally and speak to GPs, speak to local medical committees and and find out what's going on so that they can invest in the service to make it better. And all royalties from the book are going to the Doctors' Association in the UK. That's right. Um, Another cohort of GP that uh, is being vilified is the part-time GP. And you have a piece in your book, in the latter part of your book, about, about this. What is the issue? Well, I think, again, that's just uh, uh, something that the press are latching on to. I don't think there's any other profession that gets gets vilified for working part-time, but part-time GPs are still providing a service. Uh, I think not everyone does can work five days a week. People have caring responsibilities, children, and being a part-time GP enables you to still provide a service while attending to other responsibilities in your life. I think people like to lay the finger and blame, but I think it's becoming increasingly apparent that there seems to, to be a media message that erodes patients' trust in GPs and patients' GPs as lazy and against patients. And that's not the case at all. I think NHS staff are working hard to keep services afloat. And that's what's frustrating. The message that is being painted by by essentially the government by design is that GPs are or the bad guys. Yeah. I mean, if someone has GP uh, qualifications and they can offer a, a day a week, two days a week, three days a week, it's better than not doing it at all because it is alleviating the problem, allowing maybe people in busy practices to have a little bit more time time off. But there's a question that has arisen in this country. I mean, time was, if you saw a GP in fiction on the screen, it was inevitably a man. Inevitably, if you look at 
programs like Poirot. There'll be a doctor, a GP. It's a man. If you look at any of those kind of post-war uh, scenarios, it's always a man. But the the profession certainly in Ireland has become more feminized. More and more uh, women are qualifying in medicine. Uh, more and more sure. women are being admitted to medical medical faculties. More than uh, the men. In fact, there are more women entering. And of course, inevitably, women uh, will be having families and therefore have to take time out for given periods during that uh, part of their lives. Is that seen as a contributor to the problem? Not at all. I think I think that to paint that as the, one of the main issues causing the, the general practice crisis is is a, is a fallacy. Men have children too. Men can work part time. I don't think it should become a gender no, but, issue. No, but men actually you know, don't have to uh, actually go into hospital and have the baby. Do you know what I mean? They don't, but they, they still can be carers for the children and take that time off. And many men are doing that now and working part-time to, to be the main parent. And I guess it, it it it's being part-time, it should be an option to enable people to continue in the workforce. For sure, people, uh, doctors are moving away because the conditions aren't great in this this country and we're losing doctors um, at a rate of knots. I think we've got 2,000 less GPs than we did in 2015, despite government promises to have more. And conditions in other countries are, are more favourable. So Sure, and that's certainly just, happening sorry. in Ireland as well. And we'll talk yeah. a, a bit later on in the programme about that. But finally, do you have solutions laid out in your book that you can offer to those who run the HS, the NHS and to the government that might alleviate the crisis? Well, I think number one is funding. I think the NHS at the minute is is broken. We know that people are waiting hours for ambulances. They're waiting longer in A and E. Um, but with investment from our leaders, it could be better. Um, if primary care collapses, we're going to be left with a private healthcare system, and it it seems at the minute that this is by design and it is what the government want. So, if they actually put the money into general practice, we would be able to provide an adequate service for our patients. All right, look, it's a fascinating book. And as I say, it may have relevance, not just within the NHS, but where uh, people are looking at GP practice uh, all over the developed world. Dr. Ellen Welsh, NHS GP and uh, the creator of the book entitled Why Can't I See My GP? Uh, Thank you very much for uh, joining us. Listening to that conversation is Monon-based GP, Dr. Alona Duffy. Alona, good morning. Morning, Pat. What do you make of the crisis as outlined by Dr. Ellen Welsh? Are we heading in that direction? Are we already there? Well, Pat, the good news is we're not at that level. And I think um, general practice definitely, although struggling and having its problems, hasn't reached quite the the level that it has in the UK and the despondency amongst the GPs and the difficulties that patients are facing. But um, we're well on the way towards that unless steps are taken. Now, what are the steps that need to be taken? Because we know GPs are retiring. Many uh, young medical graduates are heading off to sunnier climes. Uh, How do you make the profession uh, the the kind of job that people will relish doing and uh, do it without uh, exhausting themselves in jig time? Well, I think similar as Ellen's points were that um, general practice has changed in the last number of years. It definitely has become busier, more stressful. And there are a number of things compounding that. Number one, 
increasing work population and here in Ireland while we haven't seen the mass exodus that um, Ellen was reporting there in the UK we know that our active kind of working session number hasn't changed at all so despite the fact that our population is at 5.2 million despite the fact that we have an aging population who have huge medical needs and that's going to continue to increase the actual number of GP kind of availability has remained static and yes you look we need to follow us with what's happening in the hospital setting we're delighted to see that our hospital consultants and NCHD numbers have increased and actually their numbers have gone up by 23% in the last less than five years. We haven't seen that increase yet in general practice. We know that work is being done by increasing the number of GP training schemes and by bringing in GPs who've trained in other parts of the world and encouraging them to move and settle here in Ireland. So all of that is helping, but it's definitely not meeting the demand that we have. And you mentioned GPs retiring. I mean, we know that 14% of our GP workforce are over 65 at the moment. That's 600 GPs are already at retirement stage. And unfortunately, whereas many of those GPs might have continued to work on until they were 70 and even 72, we know that most of those are saying, look, uh, it's too busy. There are too many demands. The working day has become too long. Out of hours commitments and further commitments like to maintain your, your kind of medical updating and everything like that just mean that we are working longer. And um, one of the other issues is that I know you talked there to Ellen about part-time general practice. Um, interestingly here that a body of work has been done to see what is a session in general practice. And most people probably think maybe a session is three, three and a half hours. It's not. It's actually five hours. So if the average GP at the moment is working 6.9 sessions, they're already what might be seen as a part-time work job is actually full-time. And on top of that, they have their out-of-hours. So I think it's acknowledging that there are problems and it's doing something about supporting general practice. And while some work has been done, we need to do a lot more. Yeah. Uh, supporting general practice, obviously there are people who uh, could be brought into a practice, practice nurses and so on, who could uh, do some of the, the heavy lifting. I'm not sure how much, uh, has much work been done on that? It has, and we know um, our data is very good. There are 21 million GP consultations a year in Ireland, another million in the out of hours, and a further eight, seven to eight million of nurse GP nurse consultations. So that compares, people are probably thinking, okay, that seems like a big number. Well, how does that compare to the hospital setting? Well, in the hospital setting, we look at outpatient appointments, and everybody perhaps knows somebody or has been themselves to an outpatient appointment. Less than four million outpatient appointments happen a year. So again, we're doing five times more of that in consultations in general practice. So it's a massive body of work. We are getting, you know, seeing huge numbers of patients. Um, GP nurses have a huge role to play and that's absolutely being looked at being expanded. How can we improve that? How can we also add additional staff into our practices? But the reality of it is we still need more GPs. We still need GPs who are the key decision makers and pull everything together. And I suppose that's why it's so important that everybody has a GP. And again, you mentioned in the UK, people not having a GP. We know that over 10% of the population in Ireland have no GP and that most GP practices are closed to new patients, which leaves them in a really precarious place and that if you have a chronic problem, you're either trying to get seen in the out of hours or going to A&E departments and nobody has your full medical record. Nobody's able to plan your health care and give you that ongoing advice and ensure that whatever problems you have are being monitored, maintained and, and managed in a safe way. All right, uh, Dr. Alona Duffy, Monon-based GP, uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.